Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The new Green Deal, or the Green New Deal, and they say it's the most ambitious plan since the uh, Second World War. Apparently, every building in the United States is either going to be refitted or torn down and and rebuilt. And uh, Nancy Pelosi doesn't appear particularly impressed. She called it the new green dream or whatever. Uh, and I was reading a piece in the Hill, the sorry, the government, not government, but the, uh, the newspaper that represents that reports on what goes on in uh, the U.S. government. And uh, one of Ocasio-Cortez's assistants wrote, a, wrote an article, and uh, it's got some amazing stuff in it. It really is. I mean, I read this stuff, and really my eyes glaze over, and I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm just reading somebody's bad dream or whether it's a, or whether it's a comic book fantasy. And I'm look, I'm all in favor of a clean environment, but this is. Well, this is not going anywhere, but it's media are chasing Ocasio-Cortez around, and so she's got a platform. Dr. Patrick Moore joins me, the sensible environmentalist, the founder and former president of Greenpeace. Now it's ecosense.me. That's the website. He's the author of Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout, public speaker on environmental, energy, and resource issues internationally. Patrick, it's great to talk to you again. I get emails from people every week saying, when are you going to talk to Patrick Moore again? Nice to be back with you, Roy. So are you ready to sign on? Oh, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm, uh, I'm going to get a fast train all my own. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how she thinks these fast trains are going to be powered if we phase out all fossil fuels. I guess she thinks you just have to connect them to the wires. Yeah, it's all, going to be, it's all going to be electric. Does she know that they have to put electricity in the wires before it'll work? I have no idea. I think she doesn't know math, never mind physics, and she she can't possibly know that there's more than 7 billion people in the world, uh, and then you cut off 80-plus percent of all of the energy that keeps them alive and moving every day and getting their food into the stores in the middle of the cities. Um, you know, I heard uh, some people in the States just saying, oh, my God, we can't do this because it would mean 7 million jobs would be lost. I mean, isn't there anybody who's willing to say what it truthfully would mean to cut off 80% of the world's energy, like all the coal, gas, and oil, especially the oil for transportation? What would happen within a very few days if you did that instantly? And 12 years is pretty instantly. But to say if you just did that overnight, uh, the first rot would begin to occur in the urban centers of all the big cities in the world, because the food would not get to the stores. It, it might get to the outskirts of the city somehow. I'm not sure how, maybe on the backs of people trying to take it there to get money, which would be worth nothing at this point. But the people in the middle of the urban center would not get any food delivered to them, and they would begin to die. Uh, and then uh, there would be an outward uh, sort of cannibalism uh, first you eat your pets and anything else that's alive around, and then you start eating the people, uh, and maybe you wait till they die before you do that, uh, if you're nice. And uh, then about at least uh, half the human population would die in the first very short while uh, from starvation. 
Um, and then very shortly, all the trees in the, in the world would be gone because they would be used for fuel because there's nothing else to heat or cook with once the fossil fuels are gone um, because there's no more electricity because the whole thing will break down and all the people who run the nuclear plants and the coal plants will be out trying to scrounge something uh, to eat. And uh, can you, do you get my picture, Roy? Yeah, I'm, you're scaring the daylights out of me. Well, how el- what else? Could there be? No, I look at uh, here's what she writes, uh, or at least here's what her assistant wrote in the Hill story. Item number one building smart, energy efficient national power grids to transition to renewable power, including energy storage solutions and technologies and improvements that overlap with all of the other Green New Deal projects. Overhauling America's transportation system to eliminate greenhouse gas emissions, eliminate and environmental degradation from transportation. Uh, we're, a, we're, a, we're an international society built on transportation, and, uh, and, and also, Patrick, but they're, in, they're promising it's going to create millions, millions of new jobs, and according to this Green New Deal, you'll get money from the government whether or not you want to work. Yes, it says that they will give wages to people who are not only unable to work, which is fair, but who are unwilling to work. So all you have to do is declare you're unwilling to work and you will get a guaranteed annual income. Now, there are people elected to public office. She's one of them, but there are others who are fundamentally in agreement with this. Elizabeth Warren, who today formalized her declaration to run for president of the United States, the senator from Massachusetts, is signed on. Of course, Ed Markey, the other senator from Massachusetts, is one of the co-sponsors of, uh, of this Green New Deal. And, uh, and Cory Booker from New Jersey, who said that he's going to be running for president. Kamala Harris from California, they've all signed on. I mean, is this political convenience and grandstanding? And, and they'll be ready to jump off the bandwagon the second the thing hits the wall? No, I, I'm afraid. I mean, I'm, I'm happy in some ways because in the same way that this program would be basically suicide for the human race, uh, it will also, I think, be political suicide for the members of the U.S. Congress who are buying into it. I mean, it's one thing for some kid who's living in his parents' basement to come up with some kind of harebrained scheme like this, but for actual elected members of the U.S. House of Representatives to be gathering together in a large group and supporting something that would be the death knell of human civilization. Uh, there, there is no possibility that we can have the electrical system entirely run by unreliable wind and solar technology, which goes away for days at a time. Within 12 and, years. And this pipe dream that batteries are going to back it up. It's, that is not going to happen in, with any feasible technology that we have today. There's nothing. So they must be hoping that somebody will invent a miracle or 10 miracles in order that, that this, well, it's just preposterous is what it is. That's the what? word I have settled on uh, for a description of it. Uh, suicidal is perhaps even a better word, but it's, it's certainly preposterous from any sort of technical or physics or biological or scientific perspective. It's impossible, in other words. Just the, just the elimination of air travel is... <laughs> is stunning miscalculation. I mean, if you're going to... I don't know if they're, if they're saying that the U.S. military would now no longer have any aircraft because the, the Russians and the Chinese would like that piece of information. That's what they're saying. 
But they, I think they, they, I think they believe the whole world will have to go along with this or something. I don't know what they're thinking. Well, uh, the, I, I the, guess the, the, the Democratic representative from Hawaii wasn't too amused. No, and they don't have the they don't have the support of Pelosi. They don't have the support from Schumer. Uh, I don't know if Bernie Sanders has jumped on board, but Ocasio-Cortez was one of his campaign workers in 2016. But, you know, Patrick, you have an entire uh, brigade of media chasing this new uh, House of Representatives member around, breathlessly reporting each word she she issues and utters. Yes, and if, if, if uh, back in the day, if, if, when... When we were campaigning against the Save the Whales and stuff, when the authorities played into our hands, we had this um, fictional place called the Giggle Room because you didn't want to giggle in front of the media, or you know, you didn't want to embarrass yourself that way. But you had you, you felt like giggling because they had played into your hands. And I think Trump's in the Giggle Room right now. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure he knows that this plays into his hand, and he'll probably just be quiet about it. Because he doesn't have to say anything, uh, there's not there, there's not many people who will who will buy into this as a, as a percentage of the electorate in the United States. Most people, even on the Democrat side, will realize that this is not just a pipe dream, but it is a recipe for disaster. There's uh, I'm looking at a story in uh, published by NPR online, National Public Radio in the United States, and they uh, quote uh, Jesse Jenkins, a postdoctoral environmental fellow at Harvard's Kennedy School, saying that uh, Ocasio-Cortez's statement that in 10 years we're going to try to go carbon neutral, he says that's maybe an unreachable goal, but here's his quote. Where we need to be targeting really is a net zero carbon economy by about 2050, which itself is an enormous challenge and re- will require reductions in carbon emissions much faster than have been achieved historically. 2030 might be a little early to be targeting, might be a little early to be targeting. This is a postdoctoral environmental fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School. Yeah, he's got all the right words attached to his name there, doesn't he? But he sounds like a, deep, a bonehead to me. <laughs> Okay, uh, Dr. Moore, stand by, please. I want to come back and ask you what does make sense as far as environmental policy and, uh, and creating what everybody wants, and that is a clean environment. What everybody wants is a clean environment. Back with Dr. Patrick Moore uh, at ecosense.me is the website. And uh, Patrick was the founder of uh, Greenpeace. And um, very, you know, I've always felt, Patrick, that your that your thoughts about the environment are exactly what you use. The word you use, sensible. And um, I'd like to ask you, given what this new Green Deal suggests, and I've just been reading some more during the break. And Nancy Pelosi says her quote is, "It will be one of several, maybe many, suggestions that we receive. The Green Dream, or whatever they call it." Nobody knows what it is, but they're for it, right? What made what does make sense? How do we how do we improve on where we are today? Well, let's start with the centerpiece of what these people are talking about in their so-called uh, Green New Deal uh, energy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with using fossil fuels as long as you clean the exhaust properly from coal, oil, and gas. Catalytic converters in vehicles have reduced the air pollution from vehicles now by 99% of what they used to be. Coal plants now 
even the ones that China are building around the world, have state-of-the-art technology to clean the air. So clean air and then clean water are the two, and, and, and healthy soils. Those are the three main elements, uh, uh, the three elements, the gases, the atmosphere, the liquid, the water, the solids, the land, keeping them clean and healthy. That is the key to a healthy world. And then on the, on the healthy soils, you have healthy trees and forests and crops. And the CO2 that is being released from the use of these fossil fuels is actually a plant fertilizer, making the plants grow faster and more productively as we continue to put some of the carbon back in the atmosphere as CO2 that was sucked out of it by life all through the history of life. This is another big story, but all I can say is we are restoring a balance to the global carbon cycle by restoring some CO2 to the atmosphere and the oceans, which had been depleted gradually over the last 500 million years, especially the last 150 million. And as I say, it would take me three hours to explain that whole thing. And then you come to other aspects of our economy besides energy, and that is, you know, industry and buildings. I mean, she has a point about buildings in that it would be good to make our buildings more energy efficient. But that doesn't mean tearing them all down and rebuilding them. There's, I forget, 400 million structures or something in the United States. And some of them, the newer ones, are actually mostly being built much more energy efficient than the ones in the past. And they have a, life, a lifetime, so they eventually will be renewed uh, just by nature, the nature of the fact that buildings have a lifetime. So what she's proposing would bankrupt the world, never mind the United yeah. States. And, and, and would also result in mass, uh, basically mass death from lack of energy and ability to move the food and move the people and move the materials and, the in, and build the infrastructure and all of that. There's no possible way that that formula makes any sense. And there you've got the usual suspect, Ed Markey, representative, uh, who is the staunchest opponent to nuclear energy in the whole Congress, I've dealt with him on many occasions when I was working with the nuclear industry in the States. And he is opposing the one technology that could actually replace fossil fuels for electricity production on a large scale. Could also replace using fossil fuels for shipping. Because using nuclear reactors in ships is a well-established in four nuclear navies and the whole Russian icebreaker fleet. We know how to do that. So say if we ran out of fossil fuels for international shipping, we could shift all of that to nuclear power. All right. Patrick, I, I, can't, I have to I have, do that for everything. Yeah, I have to stop you there. Uh, I just want to say this. The UN always warns, right? They say we have 12 years left to act on climate change. Earlier in the week, I tweeted out an article about Dr. James Hansen, the former NASA scientist and arguably the father of the climate change argument, who in 2006 warned the world had only 10 years to act decisively to save itself from climate catastrophe. We're three years beyond that. The timelines keep shifting. Patrick, thank you so much for the time. The book is uh, Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout, Dr. Patrick Moore. Hope you'll come back soon. Thanks, Roy. Take good care. Patrick Moore. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 